All right. We were we will uh, try and get a hold of Mike Schaefer here in just a second. Did have some have some news on that front. So you'll find out on various radio shows this week that Schaefer will be making a final goodbye appearance for a farewell for, tour. Uh, basically, a farewell tour. Yeah. As he, uh, as he embarks on a, a new... He's not going anywhere like from the media. He just has to drop one part of his life to add another with his uh, child coming into play. Uh, so we were hoping that, you know, that we wouldn't miss out on him for the, for the final time in a while. But we did not, of course. He's good for it. And he is joining us now. Mike Schaefer of Oscar 24-7 joining us on the 42 Degrees of Source Hotline. Hi, Schaefer. How are we doing today? Good. I thought you were just pulling the plug. I thought you were just like, you know what? That one more time thing, <laughs> that's done. No, I um uh, I was I was on the phone and had completely lost track of time because I was busy explaining to my mom about how I had installed a car seat on Sunday <laughs> and I spent like a good third of that installation of the car seat installing yelling at manufacturers who feel like everyone has tiny baby hands because like, you know, you have to like lash that thing in unseen and it's just this whole and there's a bunch of people that could do this in like three minutes and think i'm a moron but uh she got a kick out of it i'm sure it reminded her of my dad who basically anytime he had to build any furniture was up in arms because the holes weren't drilled correctly and yeah. stuff didn't line up right and so uh, i thought she would get a kick out of that no doubt so, yeah that's what i was doing naturally what else would Mike Schaefer be doing but complaining about something somewhere to someone? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, would you like to take this time to complain about uh, Big Ten officiating? You bet I would. <laughs> uh, first, I want to complain about something before we get to the complaining about the officiating. I want to just say real quickly, the people that are like, you can't complain about officiating, are they nuts? They're like, nuts. Who are these individuals? They're nuts. Now, I, you could take it too far, but like... Absolutely. Absolutely, I yeah. agree. And Nebraska didn't lose in like obviously they led by one the foul call, whatever. They had a million other chances that they could have done things differently. However, I feel like college basketball and probably the NBA to a degree, but I don't really pay as much attention. And you would have to speak towards that. College basketball, the officiating can swing a game in a way that almost no other no other sport can happen. Like it is, it is incredible to me that someone would be like, yeah, you can't complain about officiating. And it's like, well, they just escorted the other team to the free throw line, <laughs> critical situation after critical situation. There was a loose ball rebound where we had to have a stoppage because one player pretended to get hit in the face and was barely touched at all. I, I, it's just, it's, meanwhile, there was more contact at center court with 15 seconds left to go in the game. Yeah. Um, by a, you know, I'm going to stop myself right there by an <laughs> Illinois player. Uh, and then it's just completely missed entirely. So it's a, uh, it, you know, it's just absolutely wild. Like I just, I feel like college basketball is so beholden to the squeaky wheel gets the, the grease, you know, like Brad Underwood throws his temper tantrum. And then suddenly the rest of that game, I think Illinois had what a grand total of like 11 fouls. We, you see uh, this happen every once in a while. We had one in the women's game on Saturday where if it's a late-game situation and a ball goes out of bounds and they don't know who it's off, they won't even make a call on the floor. They'll just they'll just go to replay. And everyone's just like, 
okay, I guess I guess we're just going to replay now, and then and then the game is like decided off of that. College basketball is such. I mean, it's going to be really bad as it is every year during the NCAA tournament, where every game comes down to the last minute, and it's a complete disaster yeah. because there's fouls everywhere. We got guys fouling out. We got the review system, and and you know it's like it was the Creighton game on Friday night, where the last minute and a half takes 25 minutes. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Gary told you this, but I got to watch him watch the final, I don't know, six minutes of Creighton Butler on his phone while we were at UNO Mavs Hockey on Friday. And it was honestly one of the greatest viewing experiences anyone could ever have watching a Creighton game. I am watching this man just watch it on his phone while at another sporting event, like sometimes loudly cheering, sometimes quietly cheering, completely just like, you know, in the bag for Butler in all ways. It, it was it was just tremendous. I mean, I I felt like I was experiencing something that people would really enjoy if they had the the opportunity to. So uh, that was great. But yeah, I mean, college basketball officiating is is really rough. I doubt it's good in any conference. I doubt there's any crew where you're like, oh, these guys are just fantastic. Everything is you know inconsistently applied all the time. The contact that T.J. Wiltshire makes uh, happens what, a million times a game? Um, and then, you know, again, you can get decked at center court in the hip, the elbow, and the arm, and you can't get a call. Like, it's just a, it's a difficult thing. But Nebraska obviously put themselves in position where they had to – they basically had to finish that game out on their own, and they weren't able to do so. But uh, it's unfortunate it wiped away a great effort, but great efforts right. don't matter in college basketball. Only wins do. Same thing. So, But with – I was impressed with them, and um, it, I, I said, you know what, if if that's the effort that we get, if that's the team that we get, that's an NCAA tournament team, and that's probably not just an NCAA tournament team. They could, they could, you know, win a game or whatever it you know needs to be for them this year. And now that gives me more confidence that performance at Illinois that it is portable to the road, and they can do it a couple games in a row when everybody you know feels like they're on a. You know, hey, they have that big win against Wisconsin. Oh, here comes the downfall. Like that did that went a long way last night in just saying, hey, we can do this consist relatively consistently. Well, and I think the biggest part of it is honestly the the opponent of who it was. Like, I feel like Nebraska matches up great with Wisconsin. I thought they could go into Madison and give Wisconsin a game, and I think Wisconsin's a top fifteen team in the country. But I just think the way that they play, the way Nebraska plays, like that's a, that's a game that Nebraska can be in every time out in my mind. Illinois, the way that they are built and how athletic they are and how long they are and how they just play straight up goon ball in State Farm Arena and have every single season since Brad Underwood figured out how he could play in the Big Ten, they're a nightmare matchup for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And for them to, to basically be there right at the end of that game, with a team that has, you know, I don't think this is unfair to say it, significantly more talent and athleticism shows that Nebraska can play in different styles of game. And they're going to have to face more teams like Illinois, not nearly as good on the top end of it, but just really athletic and long. But you're going to have to beat some of those teams. You're going to have to beat them at home. Like, not everybody's going to be um, – what Wisconsin is or what Ohio state is or what Indiana is like, you're going to have to go beat an athletic team. You're going to have to beat an athletic Rutgers team at home. You're going to have to beat an athletic Minnesota team at home. You built leads on them and then you couldn't hold. 
And they're, they're going to have to prove that they can do this, home away otherwise. And I thought last night really showed they can match up even when it doesn't, you know, they have one guy in Jawan Gary who looks anywhere near the athlete that Illinois has nine of. Yeah. And so to, to be able to, to be in that, and it shows you, again, the value of Kese Tominaga, who the pump, he's not a pumpkin. Uh, there's a lot of people that were, like, ready to do some, some real, like, I told you this guy wasn't that good. He's good. Uh, and Nebraska's pretty good, too. But, you know, again, like I said, almost don't matter in college basketball. You have to get the win. And so as great as that was, doesn't mean anything until you, you go back it up with three more wins now. Uh, hey, would you like to call out any uh, media people who don't have their Super Sixes in yet live on the radio? Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, two people that you have done shows with in the past at a station that you once called home uh, that, you know, have a, have a father-son-like radio relationship. Shocking. If they could just admit, if they could just admit their, uh, their Super Sixes, you know, that'd be great. Um, so it, it, one of them is usually pretty good about it. The other one, I'm usually having to call his show at six in the morning and remind him to do this. Uh, so that might have to be what happens on Tuesday. Uh, so you've gotten some of the, you've gotten basically all the results so far. I, I don't imagine that there's too much dispute about, about number one, who's going to come in at, at super six. How about the variance? I'm always curious about what we look like when we're coming. If you, I don't know if you, how much you've tabulated yet. But like, I imagine that there was a lot of names that were picked in that in those six spots. Yeah, I would say spots basically four through six are just kind of a, a complete wild card. It always like there's there's one ballot where someone's sleeper is the guy that I have at number two. <laughs> um, that always kind of makes me laugh. Uh, you know, things like that. But you know, the the biggest question I had coming into this is would there be a person that does not put Dylan Riola at number one? Mm. And there was, and I'll give you a hint. He wasn't at number two either. Whoa. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And so that ballot, that'll be, uh, there'll be some discussion. There'll be some discussion. So I don't, I, and I don't think this person just did it to, to like, you know, well, they better, they better not have, they're going to have an, have to have an answer for it. Oh, I think they're okay with the idea that there might be some, you know, some pushback on it. But interesting. Um, I I'm fascinated to see how people react to that. When uh, when should we expect this? Just whenever Simple and Jake get their ballots it'll, in. It'll it'll go up on Thursday. You should not expect anything from me after after Thursday. <laughs> but it'll you know the the Super Six will go up on Thursday. And uh, so that'll be that'll be done. You know Wednesday it'll be. Wednesday is going to be a weird day. Nebraska is either going to get Keona Wilhite or they won't add anyone to the class right now. It looks like they're in a really good spot there. Um, you know, and so the, the signing day is such a weird, the second signing day is almost just like, a, like what are we doing here type of thing, I know. you know? So it's, I, I guess the good news is we get to hear from Matt Rule, which is, Probably as interesting as anything else as we could get on a Wednesday in February. Yeah, so. it, it comes at a it comes at a pretty good time where like the coaching's you know the the coaching carousel is sort of like come to a rest now. I guess there's some lingering questions about you know like the behind the scenes stuff on on Nebraska's staff, but it, it comes at a good time from where you're like, okay, we're actually turning the page to next season here. We're kind of looking ahead to to spring ball where the December signing day still feels like it's part of. Last season, it's just like shoehorned in there. It's before the national championship game. There's all this other stuff going on. They have to figure out 
something to do about this about this calendar. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough though because like to me the obvious thing would be that you have a signing day at the beginning of August because you have a you have a hard dead period that starts there and you could have it on like the first day of August regardless of date, you know, and you just have this signing day and everybody that's made their decision can do it then because we already have all these coaching changes that happen anyways and nobody enrolls until January. So if they have to be released from their scholarship, they could still end up being, you know, you could do away with the December one, move it up to August. You basically get, you know, a lot of people that would end up signing at that point. Yeah. Um, and then if you have to do scholarship releases, you're already doing it now in January, Boston college has to release all of these people. Like it's just, this is the nature of where we're at. And to me, it's like, just get it on the front end and you can keep this one in February as sort of the safeguard for the, the programs that have these kind of changes. And that pool will continue to sort of be there both in terms of the transfer portal and for the high school kids, because there will be a fair amount of kids who end up getting released and there'll be kids that don't sign that then have big senior years. Uh, you know, and so it's just, to me, that makes the most sense, but otherwise, I don't know how you do it. I mean, it's such a, uh, my company's named this, but it's, it's really true. It's such a 24 seven sport. Like, I don't know where else you'd put a signing day that makes any sense. You can't do it in the middle of the season because that's disrupting the high school process. So I think to get on the other side of it and do it right before anyone's even played any games or even really had practice at the beginning of August. And you have this whole visit period that leads up to it all, you know, 80% of your official visits are happening in uh, April, May, and June. It just seems like the right time uh, to let these guys who want to sign early do it. And then the coaches don't have to worry about it. And I think that would be – I think that would be beneficial to a lot of people. Uh, all right, so you mentioned it. Uh, this this will probably be – this will be the last time we hear from from real-life Mike Schaefer in a while here. Is you'll, we'll have a, you'll have a goodbye on every radio show that you go on this week, which will be really, really fun as you, uh, as you welcome the birth of your first child. Um, but we have figured out maybe a workaround here where we will be hearing from we, we have this special, you know, prior pr- pr- proprietary technology where we have AI Schaefer. We have created an AI Schaefer that will sort of simulate answers that you might give us on a on a weekly basis. So we'll be talking to AI Schaefer instead of real Mike Schaefer for the next several uh, weeks and months. Do we think AI Shaver can encapsulate my level of whiny and sarcasticness to the to the same degree? I think it I think it takes everything into account, man. Like, you know, I I, I think it kind of has <laughs> a good understanding of who that. you are. I don't know. I don't know if I want that. I don't I don't think I have an understanding of what I am. <laughs> uh Schaefer, it's great to talk to you as always. Uh good when by the way, when are we when when are we expecting this to, to actually happen? Anytime between now and uh, I would say, you know, at the very latest, early next week. So, okay. All right. You well, know, it, it could arrive at any time. It could arrive, you know, Nebraska might not sign anyone on Wednesday, but I could end up becoming a dad. So it could be a notable day either way. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck. And, um, you know, it's, that's, that's, I don't know what to say. It's very exciting. I'm very excited <laughs> for you. And uh, your life is going to now change forever. Josh, is there any parenting advice? Right away that you want to impart on Mike Schaefer? Two things. Yeah, please. Don't drop the baby. Okay. Uh, your child doesn't know that you don't know what you're doing. Mm. 
Oh, man, that's perfect. <laughs> Leaves a lot of room there. That's nice, Josh. Yeah. Well, well you know. here's the thing. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, not a clue. People have given me these books. I've kind of, like, looked through them. Uh, You're not going to read People are like, oh, yeah, you should listen to this podcast. I haven't even listened to it. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, flying blind, which is pretty much how I approach life. We're all just got me it. here for 36 years. Awesome. Well, Shafe, uh, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks for having me on. Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7. Who, it would be pretty funny if he had a kid on signing day as a recruiting reporter. What a great bit. What a, what a great bit it would be. Uh, but, yeah, so there's – I think we are the first in his many – you know, his long lineup of radio interviews that he does throughout the week. Mike Schaefer. So he's a he, farewell to him. Yeah, he's not just taking a break from us. He's going to be taking a break from everyone. That's good. I it guess. appears. So you'll have to just watch Schaefer's Twitter or his website um, for any parenting takes that you might have for the next uh, several weeks. All right. Um, real quick before we go to break. Mm-hmm. You know how folks in Columbus are very, very normal, very much believe in everything that's happening with their football program there at Ohio State? They have the utmost confidence in Ryan Day, and the sky is not falling at all? Yeah, for sure. It appears as though Bill O'Brien will coordinate all of zero plays for the Ohio State offense as he's going to go be the Boston College head coach. Really? Yes. Who is saying this? Um, is this a Pete tweet? The, not a Pete tweet. A lot of rumblings with the uh, Ohio State beat reporters. Mm. Columbus Dispatch, I believe, is the first place I saw it. Really? Yes. Some some rumors out there? Yeah. So I'm sure the Buckeye fans will handle this with the class and grace. Oh, they didn't want him in the first place. <laughs> yeah, he was a bum. Now what are they going to do? Eh, they don't need an offensive coordinator. <laughs> Just roll the ball out there. Would you rather be the the Ohio State offensive coordinator or the Boston College head coach? Well, it seems his fear was that if they don't beat Michigan this year, they're all going to get fired. Yes, that is a reasonable fear. And he but, didn't want to work somewhere for one year. But when you're the coach at Boston College, you have to be the coach at Boston oh, College. Yes. For as long as you want to be the coach at Boston College. Until you get to go to the NFL and be a coordinator somewhere. So, I don't know. Maybe a short-sighted decision there by uh, Bill. I don't know. We'll keep you updated on that one if we have any. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. Josh has the odd news next on 1620 The Zone. But first, happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You know what I'll be doing on Super Bowl Sunday. It'll be me in a pit of darkness with some mild snacks, maybe a cooler, and my bets all lined up for the Super Bowl. Anytime touchdown scores, first time touchdown scores, coin toss, national anthem. Like it's all there on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and they got it all set up for you there. Same game parlays as well. New customers join today. Be like me. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That is $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. All you have to do is use the promo code HAPPER, FanDuel.com slash HAPPER, and sign up. FanDuel.com slash HAPPER. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over, present in Iowa. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is now withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.